What up, people? Welcome to episode 58 of Ambiance Podcast. I am Levi Osborne, sending peace and blessings to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're creeping up on year two of this podcast, and we couldn't be more excited for what's to Will Nichols pulled up on us for this episode, and I was really hyped to have him on, and he did not disappoint. If you don't know, Will is an artist based in Los Angeles and is one of those swift army knives of a creative who likes to tap into multiple different mediums in order to maintain a healthy relationship with his art. He's been involved with and created projects with some of the most well-known artists and brands in the world, and he's going to share the story about how he really discovered that passion for art stemming from an injury that he sustained at his day job. It's a pretty crazy story, so he's going to get into that. And he's also going to break down this concept of filling up these creative buckets and coming back to them when they're empty, which I thought was really interesting. All that and much more coming up here on episode 58 of Ambiance Podcast with Will Nichols. Yo, what up? This is Will Nichols, and you're tuned into Ambiance, your favorite podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to Ambiance Podcast. Joining me today, I got Will Nichols, a multifaceted creative out of Los Angeles, California. It's good to have you on, man. I'm yeah. glad we got to make this happen. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. I know we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, so cool yeah. to actually make it happen. Exactly. I have a lot of photographers that come on this show, and there's been multiple times where you've been, like, shot out. Or, like, I've I personally known about your work for, like, a couple of years now just by following your page. But, yeah, like, I feel like you're really well-respected amongst your peers, and other creatives have, like, hit me up to be like, yo, you, ha- you got to have Will Nichols on. Or Damn, that other people in the me. industry are like, yeah, like, they, they ask them who they're inspired by, and they, a lot of people say you. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. That, that's, that's really dope. I, I fuck with that. I fuck with uh, just being a part of a community, and it, it goes, it's, like, really like a circle, right? It's like a circle of contemporaries to me, so it's like... You know, I give love and and I feel like it's cool to receive it sometimes too, you know, especially when like, you know, sometimes, you know, people have great work, you know, it's not just one person just creating shit. It's like everyone's doing great shit all the time. So it's like being able to put your ego aside and be able to like give flowers when they do is really special. Yeah, for sure. And especially like putting your peers on and and it says a lot about your work too. You know what I mean? They say the great ones like don't need to gloat because others kind of gloat for them. You know what I mean? And if you put a great workout like you do, like it just naturally organically grows. No, I appreciate that. And thanks for having a platform to even be able to like have a conversation because I know how important that is too. Like the state of where everything's at, like what people are feeling is always changing and evolving. So to be able to have a platform to speak mind is, is really important. Yeah. I I appreciate that, man. And that's the whole goal of this platform is to have those important discussions within the creative world that a lot of people aren't happening. And there's a lot that I want to touch on definitely with you that we'll get into a little bit later, but I kind of want to start off from like how you how your journey started because i know that you're involved in a a variety of different visual arts whether that be um obviously photography which you're probably most most well known for but obviously painting and digital art and all these other things what did you kind of get started off with first um at first i think my creative like awakening started to happen when i was like 21 years old um 20 years old uh, I was working at In-N-Out and I actually, I actually broke my wrist. So I was like on leave for like six months. And so I was getting paid 
over 50% of my wage, but not even being there. So it really gave me time to focus on what I want to do for like the foreseeable future. And so I just like reached out to like the local clothing brand called Us Versus Them in Temecula. They had been like really hot. They were popping. Yeah, that like, time they were like hype at that time. Yeah, it was going and it was it was just like a cool energy that I wanted to be a part of that I'd only like had witnessed from, you know, outside. So I just I saw that they had like an internship and I applied for it and they allowed me to be their intern. And then like within a year, um, they did a licensing and distributing deal with Stussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then allowed me, they like brought me over with, with the deal. And I was like the California state sales rep for Stussy undefeated in us versus them. Oh, and wow. like that kind of allowed me to like enter like the creative world a little bit more because I was now not working at in and out. Like I now I was like, you know, you had I, an in, yeah, I had an in, like I was being able to then I was entrusted to like sell new products to people that like just spewed creativity, like Stussy spews creativity, whether it's through artistic collabs, through like you know, the iconic, you know, logos that they've had and used since like 1980, just reimagining them over and over and like having conversations with people in the building, just kind of like opened my eyes. And then um, I saw that there was an internship on Hypebeast for social media. Um, and I got that internship and while I was working at Stussy. So I was like running and helping program like their Instagram, like back in the early days. And then after a year of doing that, and still working at Stussy, I uh, saw that there was an opening for High Snobiety. So oh, wow. I jumped in and started working for High Snobiety when they were around like 9,000 followers. Um, and I was like the only correspondent they had in Los Angeles at the time. So I would be going to events and they gave me like a little budget to grab a camera. I knew nothing about cameras and like kind of that's where it started. Like that's where my passion for photography started. How, how old started. were you at that part, that point? probably like 22 okay 22 23 so that all happened that sequence of events that you just explained all happened pretty fast yeah it happened within like two years wow so i went from like working at in and out to like working for like three of my favorite clothing <laughs> brands and my favorite publication and like having a new passion to then explore so that that injury that you sustained at, at in and out was kind of a blessing in disguise dude I, I joke about it all the time it was it's, it's such an ironic moment, right? Like, fate loves irony. Like, that's something that Elon Musk said, and, like, it'll Fire. stick with me forever. But it's so ironic yeah. because, like, it was such a dumb, like, immature situation of how I even broke my hand that, like, <laughs> it just ended up, like, being, like, the flower that grew from the concrete for me kind of situation. Yeah, because imagine if that never happened. Like, I mean, Destiny's Destiny may have ended up where you're at now, but, like... Yeah, no, it would have been completely different, for sure. Yeah, yeah, big big change of events for you. So do you think that since you kind of started off, like, getting exposed to the business side of things with um, create with creativity and just, like, streetwear brands and stuff like that, do you think that kind of helps serve you where you're at kind of today because you know how that side works? Um, uh, I don't quite know because... Honestly, like the business side of it is what kind of pushed me more to the creative side. I feel what like. What do you mean by that? Um, like, I left Stussy because it just was no longer a quite a fit for me. Like, I didn't like having deadlines. I didn't like having to basically um, confine myself to like a schedule. Okay. So being able to be like an independent, like fully taking the leap into like just living off of your creativity it allowed me to like it gave me another level of hustle another level of grind and another level of creativity of how to like just make shit happen okay but i do understand and feel that like working for stussy did give me somewhat of a structure and kind of like an understanding of how things 
are supposed to go, which I'm grateful for too. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. fast forwarding back um, to when it was high in sobriety, right? Yeah, high sobriety, yeah. They they gave you kind of a little bit of a budget to work and you started getting exposed to um, photography. Mm -hmm. Talk about that and, and what ended up um, transpiring after that happened. Yeah, so basically fast, like they gave me like a little budget to grab a camera and then I'll go to events and just take like recap photos. But then um, over time, I just learned how to use the camera and started to fall in love with the tool itself. So whenever I was... Um, like frustrated or whatever, whenever I was going through something, I found myself just like taking like a long walk on the beach with my camera and taking photos of palm trees. Um, like the essence of palm trees and what they symbolize is just so like calming and rejuvenating and reassuring that I just found like a sense of solace in like just like capturing them and kind of falling in love with the process of of doing so which is why a lot of your work now contains palm trees right it's kind of almost not like your trademark but like it yeah. it just speaks to you in a certain way right yeah i mean at this point it's definitely something that's just going to be a part of my creativity for for forever honestly like really yeah like i i love it like even if you know in irl in real world like I'm always the most calm. I'm always the most... I feel like I'm at where I'm supposed to be whenever a palm tree's there. Like, when mm. I lived in New York, it was funny. I lived in New York for a year, and um, I, like, hadn't traveled anywhere for a little while. Like, I don't know. I was feeling claustrophobic with the city, not being able to see, like, the skyline or anything. Like, just being confined to, like, concrete and brick buildings, like, all day, like in my perspective, like I needed to go outside and like, I literally Googled like the closest place with like natural palm trees and I <laughs> in just, New York. Yeah. And I just slid to Bermuda, which is like only an hour and a half away and had like an amazing like trip, but like being in the presence, even just like rebalanced my energy. It was wild. And is that kind of when you realize that like, yo, palm trees are like my spirit plant almost or something? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. Like around that time, because I didn't really know how attached I was to them till I left. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It seems like there's like a reoccurring theme too, because In and Out is just like symbolizes the palm tree yeah. too. So it's no, like for sure, for sure. Like, <laughs> I love that. That was my first job. It's literally like palm trees are their symbol too. So it just honestly at this point, bro, I don't even really be thinking that much. Or like I just live at this point. That's I tight. feel like especially with like COVID, like it taught me like not even to plan into the future that deeply. Like because <laughs> plans are only meant to fail sometimes. Like it's yeah. fucked up, but it's true. Like if you plan, like it's never going to go according to plan 100%. You have to be able to adjust. But like if you just are always in a state of flowing and adjusting and but knowing where the direction you want to go, I feel like that's almost a better approach than like having like a set out plan and just expecting like something to be off at that point. Yeah. How do you think one like learns how to roll with the punches and overcome adversity like that because i think a lot of people that are probably listening to this right now may have a hard time um figuring out how to do that for themselves is there like any method that people can take to to do that or is it just experience i mean i think as as corny as this might sound just trust the process trust the process like if yeah. you put your best foot forward and you're trying to be somewhere you want to you know you want to be like that's the best you can do you know what i'm yeah. saying at the end of the day so i think it's definitely about like having that experience and knowing that like taking that leap of faith I've taken a lot of leaps of faith and so like some have failed some have succeeded but knowing and not selling settling on what if like I'm a person that I can't wonder what if like what if kills me I'd rather not know what if than not take the leap yeah like, I'm taking the leap 100% of the time like yeah. I can't wonder what if that shit fucks is, me up. Has, have you always been like this or is have you just developed this mindset through experiences yourself uh, I think as I get older, 
um, it becomes stronger and stronger. And I just believe in my abilities and like I'm able to then like understand and see a little bit more differently. But um, I feel like it's something that grows. It's like it's it's like a muscle or something. Yeah, because the only way you do grow in that sense is by putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And by by experiencing those things, you build that confidence that allows you to, I feel like, get in that flow state that you were talking about before. But if you never take that first risk or jump, you're never going to know how to deal with the, the adversity yeah, that comes with it because it's going to come. Like, the failure is going to come, like you said. Yeah, no, it's, it's being comfortable with failure and being un- being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Like, yeah. once, you're uncom- once you're comfortable in uncomfortable situations, you're floating. Like, what can knock you? Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a good point to make. So you talked about, like, the kind of fast track in your early stages. Talk about some of the struggles that you experienced early on, too, because a lot of people might may see the shine that you have now but may not know that it wasn't as easy as it may have sounded, you know? Yeah, um, as far as struggles, I would say for me is just managing, like, overall, when I look at, at looking back at things, I think it would be, like, managing my time. Okay. I think because like I have a lot of uh, ideas and I have a lot of ability to execute those ideas, but then like understanding which ideas are probably the worth the ones really investing your time in. That way, you don't look back like two years later and you're like, oh well, if I would have just took a step back, I would have seen like this kind of unfolding. But sometimes I get a little too excited with like the process of of you know getting things going and building something that you know, the foundation it quite isn't always under under me to quite build and scale as as much as I would want to. But all that to say all of those moments, all of the things that I like, you know, I look back on like, damn, I would have done that different. I really wouldn't just because it would it brought me here. That's very true, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a an interesting question when you like really analyze it. Because all the bullshit that I've been through, all the things that like, you know, the little trials and tribulations, like I wouldn't know now to get a trademark before you launch a project. I wouldn't have known to like maybe not have four partners on a project because that's not the best and most conducive to being, you know, a great work environment for this specific project. Like, yeah, there's a lot of different things that I, I had to, I feel like, go through and experience firsthand to then know what to do versus not to do. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I had a homie come on the show, DJ Nitrain, shout out to him. Um, he said, like, we don't take L's, we take lessons. Like, yeah. your losses aren't losses, they're lessons. Yeah. And if you take that moving forward, it's kind of like a recipe for success almost. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it's just floating. You're in that flow <laughs> state, like, fuck it. Like, whatever happens is going to happen. So you just continue to, to head in the right direction. Yeah, what what was your first kind of, like, big break, you think, for yourself in your in your photography career that made you kind of, like, stick, take a step back and be like, wow, like, I'm really doing this shit? Um, ironically, it was uh, before I even got my f- first real camera, because the camera that I had from High Somebody, it was only, like, a $200 camera. Oh, really? It was, like, a small... It wasn't even that much better than the iPhone at the time of the year. Wow. It wasn't that crazy, but it allowed me to understand, like, the basics of, like, ISO, shutter speed, exposure, like, the three basic components that you need to understand photography, really. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really needed, but then... um. I just got an email randomly one day like in that time and uh it was this um this lady who owned uh Cycle which is like one of the first um 
social media agencies back in the day. Like her name's Liz. Uh, mm. Shout out Liz. She goes by like New York City on on Instagram. Oh, tight. But she like created this, you know, this basically this new age, cutting edge, like social media agency where she was like signing a bunch of photographers and throwing them uh, commercial work. And I signed to that agency before even having like a proper camera set up. Like I was still doing my iPhone shots as well as like this like lower, I don't even remember the brand name like of the camera. Wow. And um, I was like, damn, like now I need to go buy like a real camera setup. But it was like three grand and I was like that's a lot of money so Mm -hmm. at the time so um ironically I just I played in this hundred person poker tournament (laughs) and it was uh like this like streetwear event or whatever and I won five thousand dollars within like two hours cash what and like that week so that's kind of like a moment that I kind of look back and was like oh yeah like I just I never looked back after that once I got my tool that I needed like I then like a whole bunch of opportunities opened up because I felt like I was then able to like my taste and my skill level then matched my ability so then I was able to execute the ideas I had in my head at like the level that I wanted to versus like oh if I wish I had that then like I would be so much better you know now you don't have a limitation that you set for yourself in your mind yeah Mm -hmm. and I see why you say that's important that you had that more basic camera starting off because when you have something basic like that all you all you can do is control the iso the shutter yeah you know the exposure but when you have one of those i feel like when somebody first starts off and they just get blessed with this like amazing fancy camera yeah it's like it could be a little bit overwhelming and you you may be trying to do things that like you should probably not start off with right a hundred percent a hundred percent um i don't know it's so interesting like cameras nowadays are so good like it's a whole different game than when it was like 10 years ago but I mean, that's, that's great. I feel like everyone needs to be taking photos. I feel like at the end of the day, like photos are the only thing we really have in our memory. Yeah. Like that true. video, like, you know, besides that, like just faint memory, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary, but yeah. yeah, it's super important. So the more people taking photos, the better to me. So I, I, I fuck with What advice would you give to like a photographer who's kind of just starting off and like wants to know how they can get, I mean, not all the way to your level, but how they can garner some like success and some notoriety. I feel like find a subject or find a, a style that like fits you. Like personally, I hate shooting people. I don't like, like portraits. Take, yeah, I don't like taking photographs of people unless they're like we already have an established. I noticed that a lot of your work is like landscape, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot easier to deal with nothing <laughs> than to deal with people. So that's true. It's a whole other element. It's a whole other element, yeah. and like you know, sometimes you could be like on a shoot or on a scene, and it's like the vibe is off, the energy's off, and like. Or it's just like people are over your head watching you and trying to like even give their input. It's like I hate none of I hate all of that. Like I don't uh-huh. like any of that. Um, but you have other people like that are like so special and some of the best photographers of our time. Like you have like my friend Amber Solly is amazing. The way she captures people is like it's mesmerizing. Like it's it's yeah. it's pure art. You know what I'm saying? And like my advice, I guess, would be to just find something that you know you won't get sick of. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, very that, true. That way, that way, you know, you'll always go back to it. Yeah, you think about that. For you, it, obviously, it's palm trees because you started off kind of like feeling an attachment to those palm trees and you still do to this day. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? You're never getting tired of it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's cool because, like, no matter the medium, like, I'm always going to take my subject and just, like, apply it to different mediums, whether it's canvas, whether it's graphic design, whether you know whatever it is it's like it's just my theme 
when did you start getting exposed to like painting and graphic design? How, um, how much farther after that was photography? Painting is something I've always kind of been around in my life. Like my mom just like paints all the time. Like that's how she, like I use art honestly when I make my best art uh, when I'm like going through something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a form of therapy. Like my mom, like when she and my, when her and my dad got divorced when I was younger, like in high school and shit, uh, like she, afterwards she just started painting a lot. She had always been painting. So I kind of maybe just picked that up from her, like, cause you know, she was going through some yeah. shit. So like she used it as her therapy. So like kind of throughout time, I would just be like painting, never really shown anyone, just like throwing paint on the canvas and like trying to draw like old Air Maxes and stuff and like just kind of fucking around with it. But then, um, two or three years ago, like, I was working on a project and it didn't quite go through how I wanted to. And it like kind of like ended really ugly. And like, I was like contemplating like, what is my, my that was my whole future. Like what is yeah. like the next stage in my future? I don't know. And like, I was really frustrated and I needed to figure out a new form of expression. And it came out like naturally and organically, like through painting. I literally locked myself in my room and painted like, I would say I painted around like eight to nine pieces in like three and a half months. And like, it was just pouring out. It was very much so like effortless. Do you, like, you kind of get lost and you like, you're just. Bro, so lost. I just, I literally am in like a room, minimal light. Like even it's weird. Like I'll get my colors and I'll dim my room and in minimal light have like candles lit and then smoke mad weed and literally <laughs> listen to music loud as hell and wow. like completely zone out. And like for contrast, like I haven't painted anything in like three months I guess I feel like I overloaded like I like poured so much out oh, of my mind yeah. in three months that like I needed to like I need to rejuvenate my inspiration and like I feel like COVID kind of uh stifled that a little bit because like I get a lot of inspiration by traveling and like just seeing new things so I felt like I feel like every couple months I'm like filling a creativity bucket and emptying it That's and it just comes in it. different mediums like if my photography creativity bucket is full and it's not really inspiring me that much what I'll do is then I'll go paint if, and then bring that up and then my photography bucket will probably go back low then I'll go back to painting then if those are kind of like pretty good then I'll go try to make music I'll make music I'll make beats I'll produce I'll do shit and if that's feeling some type of way then I'll do digital and then like I'll just always keep my mind fresh by just hopping from medium to medium that allows it to like all kind of like feel like nothing's ever getting old to me or or like I won't just like not pick up my camera for two years like it won't collect dust because I'll miss it in three months kind yeah. of like do like so you don't bring yourself cycles. out yeah. with, with one specific medium that's a really interesting way to yeah. put it like and you're blessed to be able to be so talented in these other mediums because a lot of people and I, f I feel like a lot of people could be talented in other mediums too if they if they tried it but it's awesome that you um, have explored these other mediums so you're able to, to do this process that you explain. Yeah, dude, I mean, I'm a person who's just never going to stop learning the things that interest me. So it's like I want to learn how to make music, and it's like, you know, I have beats in my head, I have ideas in my head, but, like, I, I haven't, till I learned how to do it, like, been able to, like, express it, like, yeah. be able to, like, like kind of like I was saying, where, where your ability matches your taste or matches your ideas in your head. And I think with that just comes like hours put in, like YouTubing, however you learn, like 
figuring that shit out. The information's out there. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, we live in a digital age. Like, YouTube University is a real fucking thing. Like, everything, all these abilities or all these, like, creative outlets that I've learned, like, a lot of it has been either through, like, simple books or YouTube. Or, honestly, both. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that stops people from, from engaging in new uh, creative mediums is the the learning curve because you have all these ideas but like starting off at something can be overwhelming to people and they may not even take that first step like we were co- talking about before um, but it's so essential to take that first step so you can learn like how to bring those visions to life and you could empty those creative buckets that you're talking about now that you know how to you know the tools and you know how how to make that like idea come to life right yeah 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 no exactly like it, it it has allowed me to have like an arsenal of things that are like, all right, I'm bored. Which one wants? To, what do I want to do right now? Yeah. So is this music, like making beats, like you just kind of learned that. So is that your new thing right now? Um, it was like actually like two years ago. I've been oh, okay. learning and learning how to make music like for like two years. Um, I just don't really share it. You know what I'm saying? It's not everything I create is meant to be shared. It's just meant Good for point. me to be able to get it the fuck out of my head. <laughs> so like, I'm not like going crazy, but like, it's, it was kind of funny. I, uh, I was at Coachella and I was on mushrooms like two years ago and I left Coachella and we were on a bus leaving and we were probably staying like an hour out and we were 30 minutes out of the festival, like out of the way, like we weren't even near the festival. And I had this speed like stuck in my head and I was like, Looking around, I was like, yo, is anyone else hearing this shit? This shit is fire. <laughs> and I had to go home, and, and I learned how to make music, like, within three months. And I, I like, you know, you I got my logic. I got my shit. I got my plugins. I got, like, everything I needed. And I, like, I like microdosed for, like, two weeks, three weeks. And I locked in how to make music. And, like, I have a decent understanding. I'm not fucking Metro Boomin' or I'm not trying <laughs> to make a mixtape or anything. But, yeah. like... I get bored and I have like ideas in my head that I need to hear. That's a stigma in itself. Like you don't need to make something just to put it out. Like I feel like everybody, that's a like very uh, forced thing nowadays, you know? Yeah, like yeah, you don't, sure. you could do it just for your own like self expression. For sure. So in, I want to touch on something you said earlier, just like getting inspired by, by life events or experiencing things. I had a, um, a creative on named Ricky, Ricky Directs. I don't know if you yeah, know him. Yeah, of course. That's my, that's my homie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah cool. Brother, yeah. yeah, so he he talked about that, how, like, he is not really able to just, like, forcefully inspire himself. Like, he yeah. needs to, like, experience life in order to be um, inspired and kind of, like, relating to what you said, fill that creative bucket. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah. Was that hard for you, like, during um, quarantine? Because we were all kind of cooped up in the house, and you couldn't really um, experience things so you could get inspired by them? Yeah. Or was it, like, before COVID happened, you had your creative buckets full, and then you yeah. poured it out? Yeah, it was a little bit of, of both, right? Because, like, honestly, more than anything, COVID was just, like, confusing, more than anything, because, like, you don't know what the hell, how serious anything is. Obviously, it's serious. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know w- when you're in it. You, we didn't know when it was going to end, really. We still don't quite know. But yeah. It just seems like people are kind of, like, getting over it more than it's ending. Yeah. Um. So, to be honest, it was just more of, like, I don't know. I don't really quite know how, if I felt inspired, but I definitely felt comfortable in like a weird way. I felt like we were in the eye of the storm. I was like really fortunate to have like a good group of like five to six people that like I was able to hang out with and I don't get fed up with. And like, yeah, we just enjoy each other's energy. So it felt like we were just having fun at the end of the day. Like 
at home we were just having fun like within our sub sub community you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that's tight yeah, yeah. You, the, the mindset that you explained earlier where you, you're kind of flowing and you roll with the punches i feel like that prepares you better for like things like this to happen like you're just so attuned to 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 overcoming adversity that like when something like this comes it's like yeah. you're already kind of battle tested for it yeah and, and and like not only covid like over obviously over summer there was like the civil rights movement and that yeah. kind of shit too so it was like that almost inspired me a little bit more than just covid because mm. it felt it felt like over the summer, like a lot of people have, who a lot of people like their eyes opened up to something that was already there. Yeah. And it felt like, oh, okay, this is refreshing. Like I'm not just tripping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. yeah. And during that time, there was like a big boom of like, of uh, whether it was just like on social media or just like creatives like making content in relation to that, yeah. which had its own wave. You know for what sure. I mean? And I saw that you did some stuff with that too. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I just. That definitely, I think, was more inspiring than just, like, the world stopping in COVID. Just, I don't know, just personally speaking. Yeah. Um, but I did get hella stir-crazy when I personally got COVID because it felt like, obviously, we were all quarantined last year, but it felt like, obviously, when you actually have it, like, you're even quarantined even more. Like, you really can't go to the store right now. Mm. You really can't, like, really go outside. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you can't, like, you can't even do anything. And, like... Uh, COVID for me personally lasted like three or three days, probably longer than it should have. So like at that point, I'm like, is this, is this just my new life? Like I was just like, my mind was in bad shape. Yeah. I got point. it. When I got it too, uh, back in like November, I was down bad and I remember I couldn't taste anything and it did it, that was, that lingered for like a month. And I was like reading stories on the internet about people not getting their taste back ever. And I yeah. was just like, yo, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, gonna be bad if I can't bad. get my taste back. I love food. Yeah, food. <laughs> food I love food. Um, have, have you yeah. ever tapped into your cooking bag at all? That's what. That's what. Oh, that's what. Kayla. Kayla. Shouts out to Kayla. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's a great cook, bro. She's okay. a great cook. Like that's like that's basically what like carried us through quarantine. Was like, all right, what are we gonna make? Like, what are we gonna cook? When when I say we, it's really her. But um, <laughs> you know, did you do the dishes at least, bro? Uh, Look, I'm putting you on the spot. You don't got to answer that. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I eat, though. You eat it? Yeah, I, I clean it up. You, you're grateful for the yeah, meals that I'm come I'm grateful for the meals. Yeah, I'm grateful for the meals, for sure. That's tight. Yeah. Transitioning a little bit back to uh, your photography and your, and your art, what would you say is one of your, like, most prized, like, pieces of art? Um, and is it the Kobe, like, picture that you took? Uh, that I've created or that I've collected, because I like to collect art too. Let's 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 do both. We'll start start off with what you created. Um, what I've created. There there are two. It's like uh, this painting that I did, um, based off a photo that uh, I took off a random street in L.A. Like, just because, like, when I saw it and I was done with it, I was like, oh, shit, that's actually what I had in my head. Like, I, I never knew I could actually do something like that, honestly, like, because I'm so zoned out and sometimes I'm so close to it. But, like, a day or two after and I'm, like, just doing my normal thing and I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's pretty sick. I'm happy, like, I made that. Like, I'm proud to have made that. Um, but, yeah, the other one is for sure Kobe. Like, it just, Kobe's the GOAT. Yeah. Like, he's... He was my whole childhood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he was everything to me growing mm -hmm. up in, you know, Southern California and 
watching like 80% of televised Laker games. Yeah. And what did it hold as much significance to you at the time you took it or like did his passing kind of re revamp that? No, I have chills right now. Actually, it was fucking insane taking that photo. Um, yeah, no, it was wild, bro. Uh, it was his second, it was his hurrah tour and it was his, it was like the last five games he had and he had two games against the Clippers. One of them was a home game for the Clippers and that's who I shot for. So like, that's how I was able to go and shoot, uh, those photos. Um, but bro, the photo that I took of him, like it was literally just a standing ovation that had happened for like 15 minutes. Like people were just clapping and it was the first time where I had ever seen him, let alone be like fucking arms reach of him. Uh, and him just like actually soak in the moment. Like he was just looking in the stands and just like, yeah, I did it. Like you could feel yeah. the emotion yeah, coming it, from I him. I have chills right now, bro. He was like, yeah. I did it. Like I did it. Like I did that shit. Like I ran it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a photo that you're going to have like when you're like 60, bro, 70 yeah. and just like be in awe of the fact that you got to capture that moment, you know? Yeah, dude. Uh, it's, dude, it's, it kills me to say, but I, I, I actually like lost a lot of those files. Dude, I'm so unorganized. That's one thing that I wish I could, like, magically wand fix about me (laughs) is, like, how organized I am. But, like, a lot of, like, the original, like, large files, I I can't have. I I don't have them anymore. But Mm. I do have, like, the little JPEGs or whatever. And I don't want to, like, I was never planning on doing a print of it, so it's okay. But, like, honestly, the fact that I just saw it is good. And I know (laughs) that I took it. It's good. Like, I'm I'm hyped on that. When you see that picture, does it kind of bring you back to that moment? I you hear just had, it. You just I said hear you it, yeah. I hear it, dude. I oh, like the crowd literally was going ape, bro. Yeah, it's going ape, and it was so quiet on the floor. And even the players were tripping. Like all the other players, like kind of like it's weird, bro. Like though he wasn't the only person on the court, like it felt like he was the only person on the court because the moment obviously is about him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. R.I.P. Man, yeah, that was dude, such a so surreal. Like mm-hmm. definitely, like shed a tear. Definitely, just like it didn't feel real like that whole moment that whole the first three months of 2020 were fucked yeah and that's <laughs> like kind of kicked almost kicked it kicked it all off too i don't know if did you go to la live like when it when it happened like it, even yeah. the feeling there was so eerie and like dude i i had just bought like uh an eighth of weed and i literally just left it for kobe it's not like i never <laughs> not like i know why you know what i'm saying but like it's like to. i felt like i needed to contribute something you know what i'm saying to like what everyone else is doing. So I was like, man, I left them some flowers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you literally left them some flowers. Yeah. That's a blessing, bro. That's yeah. dope, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just off the humor, really, at that point. <laughs> yeah. So so switching gears here a little bit, um, something I want to talk about with you sp- specifically is uh, the wave of NFTs coming along. Yeah. Um, so for those people listening, I don't know what an F and NFT, it's non-fungible token, right? Yeah. What What is an NFT and how do creatives kind of benefit off of it in your eyes? Um, the way I would describe what an NFT is or like the whole situation is, um, we all know at this point probably what like a cloud is, right? Like the storage cloud that, you know, when your phone is filled up, it'll send photos there and kind of like store them. The iCloud, yeah. Yeah. How I look at NFTs and, and blockchain as a whole and blockchain is the technology behind NFTs um, is essentially that blockchain is like this cloud and this is just pertaining strictly to nfts but blockchain is essentially a cloud that you could create slash mint something and it'll go up into this cloud and come back out unique with a unique uh code a uniquely way to identify said thing that went up and came back out so 
then they're being able to authenticate it, then they're being able to allow it to have value. Um, so with that being said, like having in, an abundance of creatives who are able to create something and then have them put it up and have it come back out with a form of authentication is extremely valuable and I think will revolutionize um, our entire world, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. you being able to, as a consumer, you being able to purchase that piece of content, whatever that be or that art, Yeah, it's you kind of almost like investing in that artist itself because if the artist's work grows and becomes more, more, um, I don't know. No, revered. Yeah, more revered, then their art goes up too and you could probably flip that For sure. content at a higher price. A hundred percent. But it, but it's also interesting. It, it could come in so many different ways and shapes and forms, right? Like there, um, like imagine if you, if there was an ability to own like season one, episode one of The Sopranos or Breaking Bad and oh, you yeah. were actually like a real fan of like being early. So you basically become rewarded for being early of your enjoyment. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. how I see this all happening is like eventually, like we all have time. Like time is actually something that, you know, we could share and get money for, right? That's what we do with our jobs. Um, pretty soon, like we're going to be able to spend our time only doing the things that we want to do and get paid and rewarded for it. That's where I think this is all headed. Because at the end of the day, like all like, like the mechanical jobs are all like the jobs most of the jobs in the job market are going to be ran by AI or, or robots yeah, yeah. in like the not so distant future. So like we're only going to be able to be forced and asked to do whatever the hell we want for the most That's part. That's really tight to think about. Yeah. yeah. How far ahead of time do you think that is going to start? Like I would place? say like 10 years. For real? Yeah. That's crazy. 10 to 15 years, for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. That And it, the world's going to be better that way, too, I feel like. you know, because It depends on who's the, who are the leaders controlling it, because that could mm -hmm. go south really quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That could go south super quick. Yeah. It's scary, too, if you put it that way, because the wrong person is in power and control of that, then, yeah, it, it, it could go the completely different opposite way. Yeah. I, I feel like... Um, yeah, I feel like everything's just going to be a little bit more decentralized. Like, like everything that happened with like GameStop and that's like yeah. a decentralized hedge fund. That's literally just people with bread being like, yeah, let's all put our bread here. Mm -hmm. There's nothing quite illegal with that, but there really hasn't been, I mean, before the internet, like there hasn't been a, really a way to, to cultivate like-minded minds with the same agenda. That's yeah, that's never really happened before yeah. the whole situation with GameStop. Um, and the thing is, a lot of people out there have this content that they already made and that they've already released on different mediums or different channels, and they're putting it out because this NFT wave is now there. Like, you know that like Dogface, mm -hmm. like that video that he made on this on the longboard. Like, yeah. I saw that he's selling that for like 500k. No you way. Know, yeah, to that's like the crazy. the ownership for that. So it's like something you already made and Low like key, that's worth 500k. Yeah, that should, that should change a lot. <laughs> It did. Like, it's probably one of the biggest moments of 2020 almost. There's yeah. a lot of moments, but uh, yeah, it's, that's another dope thing. Like, things that you made in the past, you can make you can make bread off of too. For sure. Forward. For sure. I was actually just talking to uh, my friend Nija about this, uh, Nija Houston. Oh, shit. Sick. And I was like, look, bro, you could like make NFTs and create income off of stuff that you've already done. And like, for him, that's really important because like for him to jump off a nine stair or whatever, like fall like that's a big toll on his body but he's already put in the legwork yeah. to now reap the benefits or he doesn't have to put his body up to get 
Correct. It's passive income. Like you're literally yeah. just sitting back and then like yeah. not doing anything and your your past work is paying off in yeah. the future. Yeah, yeah. It's like you already did it. Now we can make the benefit of it. How do you how do you see yourself capitalizing off of uh, NFTs? Um I wanna drop a collectible or I plan on I'm in the works creating a collectible that I'm gonna drop and uh it's gonna be palm tree related. Oh yeah. sick. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's an augmented reality project that I'm going to be doing here soon. Nice. I'm looking forward to seeing that, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm pretty hooked on it. Would you say that a lot of your, like, painting pieces, are you transitioning to, like, fine art or? Uh, I feel like, I don't know if it's, I think I just am fine art. I don't think it's transitioning fine art. I feel like now my photos are viewed in that light now yeah. just because I've had gallery shows and stuff. Like, that's, like, a kind of a new thing for me. Um, I kind of was transitioning or attempted to transition from like doing like social media paid social media stuff and kind of just more or less showing my art on social media. And then that kind of that's been like a year and a half, two years now where I haven't done like a paid social gig. So I wanted my art to be in the more fine art category, but I feel like I had to transition from like a commercial kind of aspect to be more like art and fine art. And that gamble was like when I feel like I had to put a bet on myself because like the checks from that kind of shit is really good. But yeah. like when you just cold cut it, it's like, oh, well, well, damn. But now it's like it pays back tenfold because now like I could sell a photo for like $1,500 to $2,000 and that's what they're going for in gallery. Yeah. So it like came back in a new way in the way that I feel like I have more control and in a way where it allows me to be rewarded for my art and just being able to share it almost like an nft but it's just back to the basics of reality like you know it's, it's physical yeah yeah, yeah. it's like no, physical. It's, it is definitely a, a risk though like you said like you're Super. betting on yourself because you're leaving a pretty nice bag to yeah you're like oh i don't want to do any more social like feed posts i'm not doing your campaign but obviously like well, it's great money for not that much work yeah. but it's like the long run is like pretty soon there's going to be someone more relevant that's running the same situations that you know, is doing that. And for me, I always try to think about longevity mm -hmm. and like as an artist, like being like, you know, 30, you're relatively young. You know what I'm Very saying? True. Like ar artists are worth more dead than alive anyway. So you're young you know, if you're breathing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so. Uh, like, every, that's a crazy part about life, too, especially in, like, with creatives and artists. Like, yeah. when they die, their 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 value goes up the, the roof. Like, yeah. Mac Miller, Nipsey Hussle, like, yeah. anybody. It's because uh, we can no longer create when we're dead, you know? Yeah. So it's capped off. So, um, yeah, I just try to take that transition and. I've uh, had a gallery out in Milan with Plan X Art Gallery, which is like wow. one of my favorite art galleries, like that, just in general. Like I was a fan of theirs before we had uh, did a project together. So when they like reached out and like, yo, we should do this. I was like, I was really hyped. Like that shit like has definitely inspired me and, and wanted me to like think about now, like how do I take it to like another level and like creating like not really content, but just like capturing my subject matter how, how I capture it yeah so being at the young age that you are and having so much longer to go does that excite you that you've achieved all these things at, at the age you're at now and you still know that you have so much longer to go um I don't really look back to look to go forward that much I just okay. like it happened it happened like I'm, I'm on to the next thing already you know does your I'm appetite saying? grow though because you've achieved these big things that like not necessarily looking back at it but it's like 
you're so you're so hungry to achieve something better that like you know i'm always trying to scale up i'm always trying to grow um so i feel like that just comes kind of organically for me okay it's just like yeah i'm always trying to like just grow i want my art to be seen i want my my message to be out there and i want you know I just want to put it in front of the world, and if they gravitate towards it, amazing. If not, then it's all good. I love it. That's yeah. a great answer. What What is that um, platform that you have? Or not platform? I think it's like it's called Finally Offline. Yeah. Talk about what that is and what the what your plans are for that. Um, Finally Offline is a creative collective that uh, I've built with my friends Zach Hunkins and Pierre. Uh, Zach is an entrepreneur slash creative slash he's like a jack of all trades honestly and pierre is uh a really good photographer and storyteller like one of the best for sure he has a show that he does with facebook called contemporaries where he like does like um he like goes into their creative spaces and kind of like does a little situation with them and it's cool um finally offline really focuses right now on doing content production it's more of like a production company right now um we've been doing production for new balance we've been doing Mm. production for adidas we've been doing production for puma um adidas we've been partners with adidas for like two years now like knocking out like content for them um and just like kind of like white labeling content like they'll come with us with an idea and we'll execute it um we did a pretty cool project with adidas uh two years ago um, called Goodbye Summer in 2019, excuse me. And what, that was really cool. We gave out uh, around 300 to 500 rolls of film in Los Angeles oh, st- and then oh. in New York. And then we highlighted eight creators in both cities and asked them and kind of showcased how when the seasons change and the weather changes, their approach changes to whatever medium or whatever creative outlet that they have. And then we like took photos on film um, throughout those filmings and then at the end of the summer we did a gallery show at beyond the streets in new york which is like a pretty cool seasonal art gallery um and we did one in la and we basically just printed everyone's photos at once they resubmitted the film that they shot over summer and just like just had a celebration of life i feel like at that point with just everyone's contributions that's dope so with these these concepts do you guys create them or do they come to you like how Um, does that work oh with goodbye summer we created it um every every time we work with a company like that's like the first question it's like do you want us to develop the strategy and creative for you or do you guys already have it and you guys just want us to produce um we're cool doing you know either one but um I think for us recently, since we're like so busy kind of creating on our own individually, we've actually found a really cool pocket just producing because um, it's just we don't have to do too, do too much brain power. It's like a weld oil machine. Yeah, so, your bandwidth is so is only so so limited, right? It's only so limited, but it's also like my bandwidth grows when something gets well oiled and is like we have teams in place in the fields situated that way. Like we could take on you know. 30 projects and it's like that's just moving now because there's teams in place and implemented now that'll allow me then to figure out another thing to build and have a foundation for got you Um, yeah do you do you see challenges with trying to bring somebody else's vision to life creatively versus your own because like it's somebody else you know what i mean somebody else's like idea or vision yeah so do you see that I, I don't really feel like the challenge ah there is challenges for sure I it all comes down to the to them being able to express what they want 
you know, in, in the form of a deck, in the form of how they're able to communicate those ideas. It's, the honus is on them. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. At, at that point, because, like, we can make anything happen, but it's like we won't know what to make happen if you can't let us or yeah. communicate what you want to happen. Very important. Um, and I think that's why, like, we're able to work with, like, you know, these footwear brands as, you know, trusted partners for years now is because we're able to make their vision come to life. And, like, just like I could set up a well-old machine that is running and happening, like, that is what we are to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Very they don't true. really have to – they could set it and forget it with us because they know what is going to be produced. Yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of like a, a cool relationship. And your reputation precedes yourself because you guys have put out good work and have brought other companies' ideas to life. So Yeah, yeah. It's, like, a good, like, cycle. Yeah, I love to hear it. Um, what do you have going on in the near future for your, um, either for finally offline or for your own um, personal? Yeah, um, right now I'm working on two new projects that are completely different from finally offline and just even personal. I mean, obviously they're personal because I'm working on them, but one is called Human Age. It's uh, something I've been working on for two and a half years now that I, I'm the most excited for for the world to see but it's a a full furniture home goods like line oh really um yeah i've been designing a chair with my architect friend named Stu for over two years now we've been figuring out like the ergonomics of like how a human body's supposed to fit in it like studying it like dude nose diving into it different types of woods different types of types of even creating the chair like um yeah, it's human age. It's a really cool, elevated um, sense of bigger belonging in, and like kind of like having this visual language with functionality attached to it via furniture. Wow. Yeah. So that's another medium that you're kind of tapping into yeah. is furniture design. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, for been doing it for two years. It probably excites me the most, honestly. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, like, fuck, everyone likes an ilk, chill, home setup, right? 100%. And it's like... It's important. Yeah. And so what we've done and, like, what we set out to do is basically design a chair with, like, the nicest wood, the nicest everything we could do. And then when we came close to launching, we were kind of like, wait, hold up we feel like there's something there between like not just offering the finest in life, but also offering something that just looks good and is of quality, but also is like at a lower tier and then showing the people the difference of the price. So we're going to be coming out with two chairs. They're going to look very similar. One's going to be handcrafted and one's going to be with a CNC machine, which means like a machine made it or someone's hands made it. And I think that's where the value is and that's where the story lies. Being able to show people the low end and the high end, but physically it looking much different is not that different. It's about what you consider luxury is hand craftsmanship considered yeah. luxury to you or is this machine that can print it out in 20 minutes luxury to you yeah some people hold that value to different degrees in yeah, different forms for sure and the people that are willing to pay for that quality like they they appreciate yeah. like a, a method like that i think 100%. that's an amazing idea man that's yeah dope. thanks I, I, how did you come up with that um because honestly we were looking i mean the price point for our chairs around like thirty three hundred dollars and I was like, damn, like not everyone I know and everyone I would like to have this chair will be able to have that chair. And so I was like, that's fucked up. I don't like that feeling. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm just producing like something that like just to get over on anyone or anything like that. Like, yeah. I don't want that feeling. So 
the solve of that was to create an identical chair for as cheap as we can with great products, but like a lower end chair and have that come out around 200, 200, $300, um, design it great. It's going to look basically identically the same, but the value lies in the hands of the, of the, of the builder. And yeah. like being able to, and, and I felt like by having a high and a low, it allows that is our story is to be able to tell the difference between each product. Like this is the high end version of this. This is the low end version of this. This is why it's uh, more cost effective because we took out 30 hours of labor. We took out all of the, and X, you're going to explain all that to the consumer. Yeah. That's going to be what like the brand is about is like okay. human age of like transparency. Yeah. And another element to that too is almost, it's not identical, but it's like the, the proud to pay method that like Nipsey Hussle kind of introduced with his, like his, I think he came out with like victory lap and he released like a hundred or a thousand copies at a hundred dollars each where it's like, you could technically just go download the album on, on iTunes or something or whatever. Um, but if you're really a fan of his work and his art, like a lot of people were proud to pay a hundred dollars because they just wanted to support and be a part of the movement themselves. It makes yeah. you feel a part of part of it. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. And you know, sometimes you might want the higher end version of the cutting board, but you don't necessarily want it for the bookshelf, right? Like you're going to yeah. be able to pick and choose where you want to like level up the, the, the tier or like just go with something that's cool. And both are, are great products. Like it's just pulling back the covers of, Basically, I feel like the furniture industry, honestly, I'm just being completely transparent. That's very, very dope, man. Yeah. It's just a lot of a lot of companies trying to hide like yeah things in the yeah no 100 percent and like that's one thing that we noticed. It's like for what like it just keep it at what it is. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, and yeah, you said you had another project coming out too, right? Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, there's this project. It's called um, Digital Exchange, and mm. uh, Digital Exchange Worldwide, and what it is essentially is basically a platform for talent and uh, people who have uh, amassed like a following uh, on social media and we're going to be pairing them with music and labels um essentially we're creating a platform where anyone who has a following over 10k will be able to get paid to sync songs on uh their stories wow therefore basically unlocking exponential income for any creator wow. that has, that has um, a following. So it's, it's like, um, what do they call that? Micro-influencing almost. Micro-influencing, but it could be all the way up to the millions, right? It's basically what's going to, if let's say you're, you're a talent and you are signed up for digital exchange, the process will be you go on, you log into your portal, and you're going to see a catalog of songs. All of those songs you'll be able to select um, and create content for you create the content you upload it and to be approved once approved you can then uh, post once posted you then take your analytics 24 hours resubmit to digital exchange and then you get paid within two to three days but you're going to be able to do this with as many songs as you want that are on the platform and the minimum payout is a hundred dollars so it's say you did for a day, every day, for a year, bro, that's over six figures. Wow. And and it's going to be like, you're getting paid based off your insights, of course, right? You're getting paid basically, well, you're, everyone on the platform will be hand-selected at first, at first but yeah, you're, you have to have above 10K to be in, to entered into the platform, uh, but up to whatever. I mean, we're going to have people on there with millions of followers, but there's like, yeah, I just think we're going to be able to invert 
and give control back to the creators so they don't have to wait to be hit up by any agency or any music label. They can just go create the income themselves and have it be exponential. Cuts out the middleman, yeah. basically. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. And so what if what if you're on the other end? Like you're the you're the the ones that are trying to get their songs or their music promoted, right? How, how does it work from that end? So labels, right yeah. now we're only going to be working with like some of the major labels and the JV labels because um, they just have the budgets that are able to sustain the pool of talent that is needed to, to promote and push the song. Um, but yeah, we're just going to be aligning with labels. They're going to be putting their catalog on our basically on our portal and then the talent will be able to select what songs fit their socials organically because like i mean think about it how many people this morning went to running a canyon and put a song on their instagram <laughs> everybody that goes running you, you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's like you might as well get paid a couple hundred dollars to do so yeah very you know? true and, and there's nobody really capitalizing on that type of idea right now mm -mm. yeah that's dope that's genius man i can't wait till that blows because i i could tell that's gonna blow up i'm gonna invest in that when it's publicly <laughs> yeah, traded <laughs> yeah yeah that could that's like one we've been working on my roommate and i um but yeah i, I think that's like what's keeping my my brain filled right now. What when is that kind of expected to launch? Uh, we are in beta right now, and we're gonna be launching within the next two weeks, three really? weeks. Really? Yeah, yeah. We've been working like that's like the quarantine like project that kind of like came about. It's like you know when everyone you see all these job reports and stuff like that. Like how can we just invert and give people potential exponential income? Yeah. Like give them the power to create their own goal and their own whatever so that's super exciting that's like kind of like how i've been thinking about is like how to invert shit yeah, yeah that's exciting man i can't wait till that comes out and then when this episode drops it'll probably be in like a couple weeks so keep a lookout for it what is it called uh digital exchange worldwide. digital exchange worldwide yeah. okay is there like is there going to be like uh where can people look for it yeah digital exchange worldwide.com uh you'll be able to just submit your your social there and then yeah you just try to get you on dope man yeah. i appreciate that where can people follow your journey um if they want to continue to follow uh will nichols uh on instagram and that's mainly where i post all everything i'm on right now dope man yeah. i appreciate you coming on and doing this i had a lot of fun and yeah. you dropped a lot of good knowledge and likewise appreciate you yeah you did not disappoint man for this episode i really appreciate it <laughs> thanks man yeah of course from ambiance levi will nichols peace we out